Man, thank you so much, team, for that. Go ahead and open up your Bibles. We're going to get right into it, y'all, because we're short on time. Open up your Bibles to John chapter 11. We're going to be in John chapter 11. We're in the I am's of Jesus, right? The significance of Jesus stating who he is. We talked about him being the bread of life, light of the world, the good shepherd, the door. And tonight we're talking about him being the resurrection and the life. But before we, we, we dive into it, uh, does anybody have like family reunions every year? Anybody do that at all? Yeah. Yeah, those are fun. You know, usually people have family reunions around Thanksgiving or like Christmas, maybe New Year's, depending on, on the time of year. Um, and usually those are planned out. But anybody ever experienced like an unplanned family reunion? Like you didn't plan a family reunion? Yeah, and all of a sudden people just show up at your house and it's like your uncle from like Houston or something. You're like, what are you doing here? He's like, I just came to the valley, right? That, that, like, that has happened to me a few times. Uh, but sometimes it's an unplanned reunion when maybe uh, someone's pregnant and your family wants to come and just meet the baby. So they come from all over the place just to, to, to see the baby and hold him or her and just experience that. Well, recently I had an un, uh, unplanned family reunion, but the thing is sometimes it's not for good things, right? Sometimes family reunions happen for things that are very hard, whether it's a death in the family right? Loss of a loved one. And for me, a few months ago, my dad was admitted into the hospital. Uh, they had uh, done quadruple bypass surgery on him. So they opened up his chest and did surgery on his heart. And, and it was unplanned. It wasn't something that we had thought was going to happen. I mean, it was kind of planned, but what ended up happening was there was complications. And so what was supposed to be a week ended up being six weeks in, in ICU, right, in a, in a room in a, in a hospital, then that's not what we planned. And so family started coming from all over the place. And just to make sure my dad was okay, we didn't know what was going to happen. Ultimately, praise God, he got through it and, and, and was, was able to be, uh, go home and be set free and, and just be at home now. And he's getting a lot better. And soon he's going to start working again once the doctor clears him the next few weeks here. But what we're going to read is a story about an unplanned family reunion between Jesus and some of his closest friends, really people that he would consider brothers and sisters. It's the story of Lazarus. Anybody ever heard the story of Lazarus? Yeah, it's a very common, popular story. It's a great story. And we're, we're just going to read it together. And I'm going to give you five things really quickly of what I believe Jesus is trying to tell us in this story. If you follow me, John chapter 11, verse 1. It'll also be on the screen. We'll read this very quickly together, and then we'll, we'll, we'll break it down. Now, a man was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and, his, and her sister Martha. Okay? Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair, and it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus saying, Lord, the one that you love is sick. And when Jesus heard it, he said, the sickness will not end in death, but is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days where he was at. And then after that, he said to his disciples, hey, let's go to Judea again. Then after that, his disciples said, let's, uh, why are we going to go? He said, Rabbi, the rabbi, the disciples told him, now that the Jews have tried to stone you, why are you going to go there again? And Jesus says, aren't there 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. 
He said this, and then he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. And the disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll get well. Right? Classic disciples. Oh, he's just asleep. Don't worry. Jesus was speaking, though, about his death, but they thought he was speaking about actual sleep. So Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And I'm glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. And so Thomas said to his fellow disciples, let's go so that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days and Bethany was near Jerusalem. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. And as soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, right? But Mary stayed in the house and Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she said, yes, Lord, I do. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes to the world. As soon as uh, said this, she went back and called her sister uh, Mary and said, hey, the teacher's calling for you. And Mary heard this and got up and went to him. And Jesus had not come yet into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. And, and the Jews were there in the house comforting her, uh, got up quickly and went out as well. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to cry there. And as soon as Mary came to where Jesus was, she fell and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you put him? He asked, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Don't worry. There's, a, there's good news at the end of the story, right? But what I want us to, to see is this culmination of things that are happening, right? This, there's a lot of moving parts in this story, and it starts with, first of all, Mary and Martha, who are friends with Jesus. They know him, right? Because they've had uh, bread with him. They've, they've, they've spent time with Jesus, and Jesus knows them. But Lazarus is sick, and so Mary and Martha do, does something very interesting. They send a letter to Jesus, right? They say, Jesus, the one that you love is sick. Right? And notice how he's trying to compel, how they are trying to compel, compel Jesus, Mary and Martha. Describing Lazarus, not by his name, but by the way that Jesus feels about Lazarus. And I feel like sometimes that's what we do. Because if we're being honest with ourselves, Mary and Martha are going through some hard stuff right now too. It's, his, it's their brother that's sick right now. And instead of saying, Lord, I need your help, Lord, like I'm scared. They're saying, no, no, we just want to see Lazarus better again. We're going for the Hail Mary. We're just going to throw it and just see if Jesus would come and perform a miracle. And so she says, the one that you love is, is sick. Please come and, and heal him so that he can be well. When my dad was in the hospital, I, I felt a, a need, right, and a, a desperation to pray, but not just by myself, to include my family, though. And so I reached out to my mom, my sister, my brother, and, I, and we got on, on FaceTime, and I said, guys, we, we need to pray right now for dad, okay? We need to pray for him. He's in the hospital. He's alone, and we need to pray right now. And I didn't have the capacity at the time to, to be strong, but I needed to. 
Because they all looked to me and they said, no, no, Junior, you, you're going to be the strong one. Because they, none of them could pray. Everyone was just sobbing and crying and no one was able to pray. I would ask my brother and he would just break down and ask my mom. And she says, I can't. My sister's like, I just, I just can't right now. And so here I am, the one pleading to the Lord. But in order to, to, to make sure that I didn't look weak or make sure that I didn't reveal to my, to my family that I was really dying inside, I put up a face and I said, okay, I'm going to be strong. And I prayed and I cried out to the Lord. And I think that's what we do sometimes, right? Instead of showing our true feelings, instead of being honest with Jesus, we emphasize the importance of something when in reality it's also affecting us deeply. But notice what John writes though. Mary and Martha have said, the one you love is sick. But what does John say in verse, in, um, in verse 5? In verse 4 through 5, he says, When Jesus heard this, he said, The sickness will not end death, for it's, for, uh, but it's for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And then, he, and then John says this, Now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. And here's what stands out to me. That Jesus not only was compelled by the love that he had for Lazarus, but was compelled by the love that he had for all of them. For Martha, for Mary, and for Lazarus. He even loved the disciples enough to invite them to come with him and witness what, was about, what he was about to do, even though they tried to convince Jesus not to go. And so here's what I want us to remember is that, number one, Jesus loves all people. Jesus loves all who are involved in life together, in community together, regardless of, of where, where it is or the importance of it. Even though, again, Mary and Martha were just trying to make sure their brother was going to be okay, Jesus loved them in a different way to say, I'm going to go, not just for Lazarus, but I'm going to go for you too, to show you what I'm about to do. Hey, disciples, you're not wanting me to go, but I'm inviting you to come with me because I love you and I want you to see what I'm all about. And I'm inviting you to be a part of this journey. I'm inviting you to see what I'm about to do by the power that is in me. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you so much that you don't have to pretend to anyone that you're strong because he already knows what's going on in your heart, okay? And maybe you're like Lazarus right now. You feel like you're just dead. You can't move. You can't get out of bed. You struggle. You can't sleep. You can't think. You can't eat. And you're, you just need someone to come. You just need someone. You need Jesus to meet you. Maybe you're like Mary and Martha where you're like, I have no idea what to do, but someone that I love is struggling in this sin. Someone that I love is hurting right now and I have no idea what to do, but I'm also hurting because they're hurting. But I need to be strong. Jesus loves you too. Or maybe you're like the disciples who say, no, no, no. You don't want to go over there, Jesus. They were just trying to kill you over there. Why are you going to go back? And maybe you're afraid. Just like the disciples are, no, I, I can't go back there because I know what's going to happen. If I go back, back there, like, I'm, I'm going to get hurt. And I'm not in the mood to get hurt right now. But Jesus, again, loves us so much that he continues to compel us to join him. He continues to want to show us what he's all about. And how does he do that? By meeting you where you are right now. Jesus meets you where you are. No matter what stage of life, no matter what circumstance, he is going to meet you where you are. For Mary and Martha, it was too late. 
Lazarus is dead, right? And so Martha, how does she respond? She says, I'm not even going to let Jesus come to the tomb. I'm going to go meet Jesus. Just stop him halfway and say, Jesus, if you were only here, he would have been alive, but he's dead. I'm just here to let you know. Don't, don't worry. He's, he's, he's dead. He's gone. Right? But what does Jesus do? What does he do? He says, no, take me to where he is. He refused to stay there. He went and met Lazarus at the tomb. When everyone else lost hope, Jesus said, no, I'm going to go meet Lazarus at the tomb. Have you ever felt like that where you were just too far gone that God couldn't possibly bring you back or meet you where you are? Maybe you feel like I've done too much in my life that God cannot redeem me from this. God cannot love me anymore because, man, I've, I've, I've done this. I've done that. I've said this. I've seen this. I've acted this way. I'm dead. I'm a dead man walking. I'm here to tell you that that's just not the case. Because God loves you so much that he's willing to go to the deepest parts of the ocean to find you. And this is what he's showing Mary and Martha and the disciples. He, he will meet all of them wherever they are to remind them of one thing. Is that not only is Jesus going to love you and meet you where you are, he's going to demonstrate his power because Jesus is the power. He doesn't just have power. He is the power. Verse 17 through 27 Right, and listen to, uh, I'm sorry, verses uh, uh, 20, 23 through 27. Listen to what Jesus says and listen to how Martha responds. Your brother will rise again. And Martha said, yeah, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last day. He says, no, 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 I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe you are the Messiah. And here's the problem that we have right now, Okay. Every single one of us knows that, oh, on the last day, don't worry, when I die, I'm going to be with heaven and Jesus, and, and it's going to be great. And, and this is what Martha says, yeah, I know, Jesus, you're right. On the last day, the Lazarus will rise. And Jesus is saying, wait, no, 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 you don't get me right now. Because you don't have to wait for the last day, because I'm here right now. Because I am the power. I am the resurrection. Not only is he the resurrection, what is he? He is the life. Jesus is the power. Without him, there is no resurrection. Without Jesus, there is no life. And this is why this I am statement is so important. Because he's saying that even when you die, he is the power to resurrect you. To give you life again. In the midst of where you are, he will reach out and grab you and say, no, you are not going to die. I'm going to use this for my glory. And you know why? Because Jesus works in the now. That's point number four. Jesus works in the now. One thing that I found interesting in this story was if you look within the details, he finds out that Lazarus is about to die. Does he rush immediately to go see him? No, he waits two days. He waits two days to go see Lazarus. And even then, he goes and he doesn't even reach Lazarus and he's hanging out where the people are at. And he's talking to Mary and he's talking to Martha. And then he goes and, and he sees the tomb finally. And what does he do? It says, Jesus wept. And I asked myself, well, why in the world 
first of all, would Jesus wait two days? Why in the world would Jesus just hang out? And then why would he cry when he already knew that Lazarus was going to be raised? One, that, that he already knew that Lazarus was going to die, right? And then two, why would he cry when he already knew that he was going to resurrect him right after? Why would he do that? And for me, it's because of this. Because I believe Jesus works right now. You do not have to wait for the day of resurrection or for the day that, that Jesus will come and for his people. Because right now, he has the power to restore you. Right now, he has the power to change your life. Right now, he has the power to give you peace. Right now, he has the power to give you love, to give you grace. Right now, he has the power to give you everything that you could have ever needed that you didn't know you even wanted. He has the power now. Jesus doesn't waste emotions, but he meets you where you are and he, he wants to relate to you. And with some of you right now, you can't see the end of the tunnel, but Jesus already knows the end of the tunnel for you. And it's filled with purpose, filled with grace, filled with love. But what is he willing to do? He's willing to just sit with you and cry in that moment because you're scared, because you're hurting, because he cares for you. He's going to meet you right now and he will work in the now. And what is all this for though? What is all the whole purpose behind this? It's because Jesus calls us to do something. Jesus calls you to believe. He's not just going to perform a miracle and show his, his power and greatness for nothing, but he's going to show so that you would believe in him. This is how the story ends in verse 38 through 44. Then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and the stone was lying against it. And he said, remove the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there's already been a stench because he's been there for four days. And Jesus said, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Listen to what he asked her. I just asked you if you believed that I am the resurrection and the life. I just told you this. And so what do they do? They removed the stone. And then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe that you sent me. And then after this, Jesus shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the, t and the dead man came out, bound hand and foot with linen strips, with his face wrapped in cloth. And Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. All of this, the whole buildup, the traveling to, to, to Judea, the, 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 the emotional roller coaster that he's having with people and the people that are there standing and watching him, all of it, all of it leads to one thing, a dead man coming to life again. So that we would believe. And maybe there's some of us in this room that don't believe. Maybe there's some of us in the room that have never made that decision to say, no, I'm going to be like Martha and actually believe that you are the res resurrection and the life. And I will die to you right now because you will give me life. And some of you need to make that decision. Maybe you feel too far gone, but you're not. Maybe you know a friend that's hurting and has lost hope. And they think they're too far gone, but they're not. Because Jesus has done all this so that we would believe. And I don't believe at all that he's going to do it just in that moment, right? 
because I've seen so many people here in this room already have life in him. And I've seen people in this room die to themselves. I've seen people in this room give up their sin to follow Jesus. I've seen people in this room be completely changed by the power of the gospel because he works. He's alive right now. And my prayer for us is that we would recognize that he is the resurrection and the life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for reminding us of the fact that you are the resurrection and the life. Reminding us that you have the power, but that you are, not only that you have the power, but that you are the power in itself. We thank you, Jesus, because you continue to show us how desperately we need you in the midst of our brokenness. We thank you, Jesus, that you love us enough to meet us where we are. We thank you, Jesus, that you love us enough to take us out of the deepest, darkest parts of the ocean where we're drowning to save us and to give us life. I pray, Lord, that this would, would be a, a movement within our student ministry where we just surrender everything to you and that you would bring more Lazaruses back to life, that you would bring more disciples to come and witness what you're doing and that we would make more disciples through that, Jesus. We love you, Lord, and we put this in your hands. Amen.